0: Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all on this beautiful day, and our Lord has blessed us with His glory. And for those of you joining us on our live stream this morning, we welcome you as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. If somebody were to ask you the question, what is it that you believe, how would you answer If somebody were to ask you the question, what is it that you believe, how would you answer that question? Now, certainly, there's more than one right answer, right? But if somebody were to ask you what it is you believe, the best of all the answers is this. Come and see how we worship. Because how we worship expresses in a deep and profound way what it is that you and I, as Orthodox Christians, what it is we believe. So much beauty in the liturgy. After every liturgy, after we receive communion, we sing a beautiful hymn. We have found the true faith in worshiping the undivided trinity. We have found the true faith. We proclaim this in every liturgy. Do we believe it? That we have truly found the true faith in Christ. Something that we profess in every liturgy. The creed that we profess at every liturgy. It was written by the ecumenical councils to safeguard the church against Harris. A statement, a profound, beautiful statement of belief. The way that we do our cross in liturgy, again, a profound and beautiful statement of belief. By the way, as a side note, how we do our cross is a creed unto itself, right? So much in the liturgy. But there's one thing I want to point out in the liturgy today that we say over and pray, over and over and over again, that is fitting for the feast of the Holy Cross, the exaltation of the Holy Cross that we continue to celebrate this week, and that is this. At the end of every liturgy, when we're asking for the intercessors, for the intercessions of the saints, as the liturgy is being closed, what else do we profess? Through the power of the precious and life-giving cross. Glory to Christ our God, may Christ our true God, through the intercessions of the Panahia, through the intercessions of the holy apostles, through the intercessions of St. John the Baptist, and through the power of the precious and life-giving cross. So in liturgy we profess that the cross has power in my life and in your life. How does the cross have power in my life and in your life, my brothers and sisters of Christ? The answer is simple. If we look at the cross and what the cross did, the cross is is our Lord was crucified on the cross, as we said last week. Because he loves us, the cross is a symbol of love. The cross is a symbol of hope. The cross is also an instrument of transformation, because the cross transformed death to life. My life and your life has transformed through the power of the precious and life giving cross. When we carry our cross, how much cross? How much power does the cross have? St. John Chrysostom, in his writings, says it so beautifully. He says, The cross has dissolved hatred towards men, has brought reconciliation, has made the earth heaven, has mingled men with the angels, has conquered the bastion of death, has neutralized the strength of the devil, has dismissed the power of sin, has rid the earth of error." Has restored the truth, has driven away the demons, has torn down pagan temples, has upset sacrificial altars, has dispelled the smell of burnt offerings, has planted virtue and has founded churches. The cross has opened paradise, has admitted the thief, and has guided the human race from impending disaster to the kingdom of God from the writings of St. John Chrysostom on the cross. This is how much power the cross has in my life, and in your life, my brothers and sisters in Christ. But the invitation is, we gotta carry it. We can't leave it over here on the side. We gotta carry our cross. There are so many examples in history of people who have carried their crosses and done incredible things. Did you know Beethoven lost this hearing? Did you know that Beethoven, when he was in his mid 40s, lost his hearing? You mentioned the cross he was carrying? And yet, after he lost his hearing, he went on to write some of his greatest music. Think about that. The English poet John Milton, who wrote the epic poem Paradise Lost, a great literary work lost his sight in his mid-40s. And after he lost his sight, he produced some of his greatest literature, some of his greatest work in literature. Did you know that Louis Pasteur, suffered a stroke? Louis Pasteur, who is a microbiologist, who is the doctor of modern medicine, if you will, suffered a stroke, and afterward, continued to work, right, being the founder of vaccinations, An appropriate example for today being the doctor of finding the whole concept of vaccination in microbiology after he had a stroke, and of course then there's the famous, very famous example of Charles Colson. How many of you remember Charles Colson? I'm dating myself maybe a little bit. <laughs> Charles Colson, remember Charles Colson? Remember in the late '60s, early '70s, he was the one of uh, Nixon's. Uh, uh, lawyers, and he was charged with obstruction of justice, he was found guilty, and he served time in jail, and his whole life changed because of this cross he was carrying. Listen to what Charles Wilson writes in his his writings, this is powerful, he says, I had spent my first forty years seeking the whole world to the neglect of my soul what I didn't find in my quest for power and success, I discovered in prison where all worldly props had been stripped away. And by God's grace, I lost my life in order that I may find true life in Jesus Christ. Since then, I have often reflected on the two lives that I've had. I've seen with glowing clarity the stark emptiness of the world without Christ where I felt an increasing burden to challenge its false and bankrupt values and to help keep others from the futile search that so consumed my early years. It's from Chuck Colson. Here he was, he was carrying this, this burden of this cross. And this cross that he was carrying transformed his life. He became a Christian, founded a ministry, a prison ministry, that helped so many seek and find Christ in prison, to seek his forgiveness, to seek his compassion, grace, and love. So all this might be good and fine, you might say, Father, but what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with us? How do we carry the cross? Many of these examples that I gave you were secular examples with Louis Pasteur and Milton and all the rest. But the same applies to you and I. Because our challenges, which is our crosses, can help transform our life. And you know what the interesting thing is? The bigger the cross, the greater the transformation. The larger the cross, the greater that we feel Christ's presence in the challenge. Think about that for a second. So how do we, quote-unquote, carry our cross that we may be transformed? As Christ transformed death to life, how do we carry our cross that we may be transformed? And I want to give you three simple things to take away today, that you can do, that you and I, that we can do together to transform our lives through carrying our cross. The first thing we have to do is we have to make repentance an important part of our life. Yes, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that means we have to go to confession. And confession for many is a cross. When we're invited to carry this cross, to repent completely, to leave no stone unturned as we're walking our journey of transformation in Christ. The second cross that we are invited, the second thing we're invited to do is we're carrying our cross, learn to love silence. Learn to love silence. Being silent is very, very important. As St. John Chrysostom says, when we're silent, remember, what does he say? When St. John Chrysostom says when we're silent, that's when the demons, when the snakes manifest themselves in our our minds and in our lives. But St. John Chrysostom says if we sit in silence with these thoughts long enough, we do the Jesus prayer with them, they'll go away. They'll become lessened. Learn to love silence and minister through that silence to your own heart. And as we minister in silence to our own hearts, then we will have compassion to minister to others. Silence is a cross. I don't know about you, but sometimes I avoid it unconsciously. Turning on the radio. Turning on the TV. Learn to love silence. And finally. Care for one another in the love of Christ. This is our Lord's greatest commandment. And the most effective commandment against the enemy. Care for one another. Love one another in Jesus Christ. And sometimes that's a cross to carry. Especially when the other person hurts us. So if we can just carry our cross in confession, to of silence, and caring for one another, those three simple but difficult things can be crosses that we carry. And if we can do that, we're going to see a transformation in our lives through the blessings and power and grace of the Holy Spirit that will carry us into an eternal so at the end of the ministry today, as we're going around the church, carrying the cross in procession, let us think about our crosses. Let us think about the crosses we're carrying. Let us think about the journey of transformation in our own lives, remembering that our Lord and Savior gave us life as a gift. And what we do with this life, how we transform our life in Him as our gift. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ bless us, Lord, and, and keep us in His care on this day and all. Amen. Again and again, give us praise from the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help us, save us, have mercy on us, and keep us, O God, in your grave,